Welcome to the Ask Philip podcast. Today, Philip talks about why buying a home today is not a good strategy for building wealth. Homeownership in the past versus homeownership today. Alternative wealth building strategies. And why Philip owns a home even though he doesn't consider it a good wealth building strategy. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now, here's Philip. Weekly, I'm recording advanced planning ideas with my advanced planning idea episode sponsors, John Thurman, CEO of Access Financial, and Allison Rife Martin, CEO of Rife Martin CPAs. We're going to talk about uh, advanced financial planning ideas that we see our financially successful clients use to grow and protect your wealth. Tune in weekly on the episode. You'll see it'll be titled Advanced Planning so you know which episodes are the advanced planning episodes. Uh, If you have any specific thoughts, questions, or ideas you you want brought up on the Advanced Planning Ideas episodes, feel free to tweet me at ask underscore Philip or reach out to any of my guests. They'll put their information in each episode for more questions and more thoughts and things that you want to share on on the episodes. Enjoy your day. How's it going? It is August 25th, 2021. Now look, uh, for my realtor friends out there, I got realtors who are friends, realtors who are clients. I know some mortgage people who are clients, title company people who who I love and admire. Listen to the whole podcast because initially I'm it's going to seem like I'm offending you in this podcast episode, but listen to it throughout the whole deal and you'll understand what I'm saying. But the, the, the point or the theme of the podcast is buying a home is not a good strategy for building wealth for most people today. And here's why I'm saying this. No doubt home equity is one of the largest accumulation of forced savings most Americans have outside of their 401k. In that aspect, it's a good thing because, you know, saving money is is good. Most who 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 rent and don't have 401ks don't have any savings at all. So so that that's good. And I've met many families who've inherited land or you know or property which they were able to sell for large sums of cash, cash they would have never had if if their uh, the previous generation hadn't had the foresight to buy real estate. But the world has changed a lot since then. You know, back in the day, homes were a whole lot cheaper, uh, and not just cheaper in 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 terms of, you know, because everything was cheaper back then. But I mean, cheaper in in terms of like what percentage of your paycheck went to housing. It was a lot less uh, back in the day, and owners kept them longer. Today. Homes are beyond affordable for most Americans, very expensive. And the, and the average homeowner stays in their home for 13 years, according to the National Association of, of Realtors. Uh, and that's just around the time where you're done paying all those upfront costs for paying the home. So you might accumulate some money, but you, when you buy, when you get a mortgage, which most people get a mortgage to buy a home, there's a lot of front uploaded costs that we pay uh, in the first you know, decade or a little more of the of the mortgage. 
before a big chunk of our money goes back to the principal. Like, look, pull out your amortization table uh, and take a look at that. Or you can do an amortization calculator on the internet. But so what has become for 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 for, for society nowadays, right? And I'm, I'm not talking about the millennials. This is even for you know the baby boomers generation starting starting then, because you know the the wealth that was passed to them from the home ownership was from the uh, generation that that lived and saved during the uh, Great Depression. So this this phenomenon started with the boomer generation. So y'all ain't blaming millennials on this, but it's, it's become. I must have a bigger home society, right? The goal of home, home ownership has changed from that of building wealth to that of owning something that gives me comfort or as a status symbol. And by the way, there's nothing specifically wrong with that. I'm just saying it's moved from a strategic wealth building tool to another consumer good, right? Like owning Adidas or Louis Vuitton or a Tesla or whatever vice you enjoy spending your money in because it's your money and, and you should be able to enjoy it. So I'm not, I'm not throwing shade and there's nothing wrong with enjoying your money, but let's call a spade a spade. It's not a wealth building strategy uh, for most people. Uh, that's just, you know, that's just lying to yourself and justifying it to get what you want. Every time you put a down payment into a home and borrow the money that the bank gives you based on your income, you forego the use of the bank line and cash for some other better money making opportunity. So let me give you an example. You know, so let's say, you know, it, this is a super general rule of thumb, right? But let's say, you know, you you, you can get about three times your income uh, in, a, in a mortgage. So if you make 200 grand a year combined couple, you can buy $600,000 home, right? And so if you, if you do that to, if you use that mortgage to, for your primary residence, then you won't be able to use that to buy a rental property based on your income. And, and so then you got to think through, okay, is it, you know, if I go spend $600,000 on my primary residence, that home is going to, you know, probably be in a safe area uh, with a good school district, maybe, maybe in the suburbs. Um, and there's going to be some appreciation, but over the next 10, 15, 20 years, not as much appreciation as if you were to spend that 600 on turning around some property in a neighborhood that's coming up, right? Turnaround project and either flipping that and or collecting rental income on those properties over the long term. Because then you get the rental income and the appreciation uh, where that area is going to appreciate over time. Like the up and coming area appreciates more than the already established area. That's an example of an alternative use, you know, the cash. Other Another use of uh, borrowing money is like for a business, right? Business, banks will let you borrow uh, money uh, for a new business uh, based on your income, but they look at your debt to income ratio uh, and, and the house is the, for most of us, the biggest thing on our debt to income ratio. And that restricts the amount of money that you can put into a business. So imagine being able to put, and you probably won't be able to get as much as you, you know, for your business as you will for a home. But, you know, let's say you can get 100,000, 150, 200,000 for your, you know, for your business instead of 600,000 for a home. I'm just making up some numbers, right? Let's say 150 to be, you know, be conservative, right? That that 150 can turn into lots of money if you have a good business plan, a good opportunity. But if you maxed out your ability to get credit by using it all for the home, that's a that's a lost opportunity, right? And the the and owning your own business gives you lots of uh, income opportunity and freedom over your time and schedule uh, and other things, right? Or you can use it to buy into somebody else's business, right? So it's 
it's unlimited ideas for how you can use that credit line that the home consumes when you buy a home, as most people buy it, uh, as, as a um, consumer um, good. So here's my point. Like, do you, again, uh, I'm not judging because truth be told, that's, you know, in my household, like the house that we buy, you know, when, when you know, when you're married, you have, uh, you have trade-offs, right? I think differently. My wife thinks differently than me. There's no, there's no right or wrong answer. And so our agreement is I get to decide how much we save and invest uh, surplus money uh, for the future, which, which a ton of it goes into our business, right? Um, Bitcoin, our brokerage account. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I get to make that decision, but whenever our income affords us to buy another house as a consumer goods, we definitely buy homes as a consumer goods, but buy another house as a consumer good and it fits um, the responsible debt to income ratio that we agreed upon that we like, we do it, right? And the difference is like, we don't confuse it and say, oh, we're buying this house as an investment, right? Because it's, it's not an investment because we're not buying these houses and keeping them for 20, 30 years. Um, so uh, by the way, hopefully, I hope the next one we can, you know, but again, that that's our agreement and it's cool, right? It is what it is. I did that in a pretty quick time. So I'm going to, I'm going to go over one more thing I think might be helpful for, for y'all today. I'm going to actually share a couple of good podcasts that I'll listen to for those of you who, who want to get more educated on Bitcoin uh, specifically, because that's why I get the most questions on uh, Bitcoin because of my point of views. So here's the podcast that I listen to often. The Bitcoin Magazine podcast, uh, Bitcoin Audible, uh, Coindesk Podcast Network, the Pomp Pat podcast, What Bitcoin Did. Unchained is a podcast, not just about Bitcoin, but about crypto in general, but uh, she's a pretty neutral uh, podcaster and really drills down hard on the hard questions for people on her on her show. I mean, those are those are my top ones. And, and from those, I mean, you have unlimited. I haven't even got through all the episodes and I've been listening to these podcasts for like the last three years. So there's tons and tons of content to get you educated uh, on it. You know, I, I try in my podcast to give you bite-sized nuggets wrapped around, you know, my opinions and my thoughts to make it simple. But if you want to nerd out on it, like those are the podcasts to nerd out on it. Until tomorrow, enjoy your day. If you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. That's StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.